initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Damn, the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? This is live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Boom Bap Nation, all social media platforms at Boom Bap Nation, and make sure you subscribe to myself at the Infamous Amadeus. One of the things, if you know about me, if you ever just follow me in general, you know I'm a big sports fan, I'm a big wrestling fan, but I am also a big hip hop fan in general. Right now, I have a guy on the line who merges all three into his catalog, Mr. Raw Killers. What's up, brother? What it is, my dog? What's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, we're living in a, in a really interesting time with, uh, with with the COVID situation. Obviously, certain places can't come outside. Um, but if you know, as a musician, now's the time to kind of put your thinking cap on. You have some new music right now, so this new recordings are we hearing? Is this something that was uh, pre-COVID? Was it during this pandemic? Uh, when did this actually come about? Uh, man, actually, a little bit of both, man. Uh, Pre-COVID and uh, during uh, this pandemic, man, because. Um, Bro, when I get when I get injured, I'm in the studio recording. Yeah. And uh, we had already had some stuff laid down, man. Uh, there's some stuff we picked stuff out of stuff we had laid down. Then we picked some fresh stuff that we just laid down for the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, agree. Now you're from South Carolina. You spent some time in North Carolina, correct? You were born in South Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. Yeah, actually, Charlotte. Uh, you're actually from Charlotte. Uh, the hip hop scene in Charlotte. I mean, what was that like growing up as a kid? Um, it was there, man. It was there. Uh, back then, man, growing up here, back the hip-hop scene was uh, C back then. C and Petey Pablo, man, was like the hottest thing coming out. Now we got the baby, like, blowing it up for us, man. And uh, I'm going to be the next one to bring it through. Yeah, round of applause for that. Um, now, being a professional sports person in general, like wrestling, you know, no, no matter what sport profession you're in, um, do you have to take that into consideration when you're actually creating music? Like, especially with sort of like the wrestling product, it's it kind of marketed to kids and it's marketed to adults. It's like somewhere in the middle. Do you take that into consideration when making these recordings and putting it out to the public? Uh, these people, from, from, for myself, I don't think so, man. If you Google Ron Killings and Tupac Decor, Ron Killings and Easy e Bro, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've been doing this before I got involved with wrestling. Yeah. I was just blessed to be able to have wrestling as a different path in a way to achieve my goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been doing the music. And when you go to wrestling, man, you get you get struck by the character and everything, the visualization, but the music of the intros is what gets you from the beginning. So music goes along with any type of athlete or any type of sports or any type of visual, any type of entertainment. Music is pretty much what gives you that feel, man, so you can relate to that character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your, your wrestling character has some aspects of your real-life character. I mean, it's no secret. You said in many interviews you've been in trouble before, um, and you were able to overcome right, that right. through getting into sports because it is it is a sport. And I think a lot of wrestlers in particular, they get a lot of slack in a sense from the public. Like, it's not real. But, you know, like, how really real is it as far as, like, the hits you're taking, the grind on an everyday basis as, as, as a sports person? Um. It- Bro, it, it, they they get offended by that because you, you're trusting me to uh, take care of your body. Yeah. Yes, it's scripted. We all know that. But if I don't like you, bro, this time that we are told to take care of business in there or to do something to somebody or like it can get real in there. And you don't know. It's, it's like a magician. You don't know what's in that dude's hat, but yeah. something going to come up out of it. You know what I'm saying? So wrestling is pretty much the same way. But yeah. for myself, um, I, I was trained to take care of myself first and I was taught how to wrestle. So, I mean, we... we we keep it very professional, man. It's sports entertainment. And we always get the, is it real, is it not? And I usually tell people, man, there's no real than your job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get paid to entertain and, and to make people laugh, take you on that roller coaster of emotion. Yeah. Um, I want to get your, your, your input on this. So we're living in a day and age right now where professional sports in general will possibly perform without fans. Um in the arena and I've been seeing wrestling they've been doing that um is it more difficult because in, in sports especially within wrestling the fans interact with the characters so is it more difficult to kind of portray when you're performing in front of the television with no cameras in the stands man we perform at the top of our level man that's why we do what we do bro it's, it's about adapting 
Um, you adapt, man. Sometimes in life, when you're talking about dealing with it in real life, you got to be your own cheerleader sometimes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know we get jobs as professional wrestlers with no audience. You have to perform just in front of who's signing you, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the talent director. You have to perform in front of them and no audience. And you have to like act like you're in front of the audience. So it's like um, we're just going back to what we used to, what we know, man. And, and like I said, again, you got to be at the highest of your game to be able to execute stuff like this. Yeah. Um, I saw an article of you in Source Magazine, um, and particularly one of the things that intrigued me, besides the, the, the Tupac thing, was Easy e um, what was that encounter like uh, being around Easy E? Such a legendary oh, West, my Coast, goodness. Le- West Coast figure. I mean, oh, legendary. Man. Bruh, that was when I think about that and go back to that moment in my. Those were the Jack the Rapper days. Now, I don't know how many people know of about the Jack the Rapper convention. Yeah, man, the convention in Atlanta. That time, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would be at those things every year, man. And, bro, just meeting Easy and. NWA had them blew up at that time, man. So he was like, he was hot, but he was just cool, down to earth, laid back, cool, cool old Easy E, man. He was, yeah. he was down, dog. And it was um, used to be in his presence, being the president of those guys that were icons that already had them cross that bridge, man. It was like I was where I know I wanted to be at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, um, the convention in Atlanta, it's it, it's like the meeting of the minds, almost like A3C nowadays. That that's in Atlanta. Uh, we have like all coast festivals. Yes. Um, what was that grind like from the unsigned artist perspective? And do you kind of miss that being, you know, sort of like the person that people don't know in the room and and giving them the the super of uh, you know mystery of what this music is going to sound like? Um, I don't know, man. Again, dog, it goes back to adaptation, man, and. Times change. You got to change with the times, man. And uh, the hustle change. The grind changes. Everything changes. You can't expect nothing in this life but change. And yeah. if you don't adapt to it, you're going to be lost. Yeah. Um, what, one of the things that have changed in the last few years is social media. The explosion of social media being able to connect with the consumer yeah. directly. I mean, it's something just absolutely amazing for wrestling musician, no matter what you're doing. Uh, how, how do you find that helps your music career? You know, being able to create and then put out to the audience directly from your home. Your thoughts? Man, social media, I think, is it, it, huge for anyone that's trying to be effective and, and to, like, uh, make make your step out there. Social media, man, it, it brings you uh, followers that can be um, sales for yourself. Social media is huge. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all social media, man. You can use them all to make money off of, man. That, that's how the that hustle has changed. That's how the hustle has transitioned now. And if you don't adapt to it, and become aware of it, you're gonna be lost, or you'll be behind. Yeah, um, and, and I think I think that kind of aspect has kind of been lost. But the, the connection with the um, actual fans is is just simply amazing. Now, you was in the movie Blood Brothers. I actually saw that movie. Um, acting uh, is that something that we're gonna be doing uh, in the future? Like, is that part of the catalog uh, moving forward? Oh, definitely, definitely, man. I just auditioned for one. Um, that, that's, that's, bro, it's like 2020, we're going to take 2020 to 2021, 2022, 2023, man, we're just going to ride it, thank you, the wheel fall off, man. It's like, you're going to see a lot more of everything, music, movies, Ron Killings, uh, merch, everything. Yeah. Um, now, now, coming from the wrestling entertainment world, is it, do you find it easier to transition into acting? Uh, I do. Um, I do a lot, man, because uh, I learned from Vince McMahon personally, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I learned from uh, acting coaches as well, and it's a kind of a different uh, in acting. Everything is not so big, and in wrestling, it's big. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you have to. There's a fine line. You have to like be able to taper off from. There, there's a little difference, but there's not. And it's just being able to find it is almost like tuning the guitar out. Yeah, um, you know, just just briefly, because uh, I definitely want to move on to, to the music specifically. But what is that adrenaline rush like? Um, you know, when your music hits, you know, you hit the stage, you have you know thirty thousand people screaming your name, they're interacting with you. Like, just some of your thought process. And do you ever still get nervous, like coming down the aisle uh, when you're going down for a match? Man, you know what? My football, I don't like my football coach, man. I still do the same workout from high school. Bro, if you don't, if you don't have the butterflies, I call nerds the butterflies. If you don't have the butterflies, you're not ready. Yeah. It's like that. That adrenaline dog is fire. Either it's gonna make you hot or it's gonna burn you up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm always, man. Like, uh, if anything, I gotta pee before I go. You know what I'm saying? But other than <laughs> that, man, I'm like, I'm ready to go at them, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm ready to like let let the reins off. Let me go. Open the gates. Let me out. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so so we have we had a few projects from Ron Killing. Uh, you know, Killing It was actually one of them, and then we had a bunch of singles that came out. We had Run It, we had Set It Off, we had uh, That's Endurance, a, a few other records. Um, if, if you could pick one record that defines the Ron Killing sound as a rapper, whether it was a single, whether it's an album cut, which one would it be and why? Oh man, um, what you hear right now, what you hearing from from Set It Off to Hit Him Up, that's Ron Killing. Yeah. Um, but it's it, 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 it's it's mature. It's it, it's developed. It's quality. It's um it's confidence. Mm-hmm. It's swag. It's it, it's ambition. It's it, it, it's attracting. It's it, it's everything in one though. It, it, that's what Ron Killings is. And the music and the team that I got, the producer I got, the manager I got though, we're like a hand and glimpse. We're like the new Batman and Robin, like the new Eminem and Dre man. Like it's just like we're like. It's, what I got now is gold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what I got now is like, I wouldn't take it for nothing else that I've done or put out because now people get to get the raw me. Yeah. Um, what There's is no the point in attending? I'm on Monday Night Raw, but the raw me. Yeah. Raw applause for that, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,. What is the recording process like uh, when, when you're stepping in the studio, you're, you're creating these records? Are we doing these records on the fly? Is it, you know, we're taking the beats home? Like me, like from my musician aspect, I like to actually write on my own. I'm, I'm not the type of musician that likes to kind of write in front of everybody. I like to be on my own, pace around the house a million times and then come back with my verse. Um, you prefer studio, you prefer the home, and what is the general thought process when creating these records? Man, Em, I'm going back to you again, dog. It's on adaptation, man. You got to adapt. Yeah. Bro, I used to be that same dude, man, that like to like have, you know, I got to take it home, man, write to myself. I got to get in my zone and write it, blah, blah, blah. I used to do that, man, but now that I've been with my producer, my manager, now, dog, and the music we put out now is off of fire. It's off of that feel. It's off of that. And, bro, it's like um, we write our stuff. Like, he asked me how I feel, what you think about, how, what, what's your mood? Like, what, blah, blah. We, 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 we write like that. Or, dog, it's time I come there, and he doesn't have the song written out, the, the beat does. Everything ready. He's like, bro, all you got to do is learn the song. Let's do it. Yeah. So my, my, my team, dog, is like, bro, we, we pop it from the same pair of pants, man. Yeah. Um, one of the other important things is also maintaining health, uh, maintaining good physical strength and body structure. And, I mean, you, you've been the same way for a long time. Um, like, what is your workout routine and your training regimen, just in general, like, the way you keep yourself so, like, well-kept? Uh, well, I wake up every morning, I take that spoon shot. Uh, apple cider vinegar. I don't know about y'all know about that, man. Yeah. Apple cider vinegar helps with the immune system and it keeps your skin tight. Mm-hmm. For one, um, creatine, um, HMB, man, for like you know what I'm saying, my vitamin just to keep my male things going right. Yeah. Um, a little bit of uh, I don't know if you ever heard of asparagus acid. Just yeah. to give me that hard look. Yeah. And I go in the gym. I work out an hour and a half, two hours once every other day or once I'm going to work out four days a week regardless you know yeah. what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, and I find out if I don't work out man that's when you start getting stiff you start hurting you start feeling everything so it's like I I, I encourage me I'm my own chili to go work out you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I, I just drove today man 20 miles to go work out you know what I'm saying yeah. so it's like you got to be ready to put in what you want to get out of it. Yeah, and, and maintaining that discipline, uh, you know, moving forward now. Yes, and eating. Eating right. is a big, big part, man. I cut out, man, uh, I used to smoke cigarettes, man. You may not even know that. I, ain't, I don't care about it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. I used to smoke cigarettes, man, but, like, I stopped smoking cigarettes, man, for, like, three years, man. Mm-hmm. And um, what else, Oh, oh also, no, so, so you were smoking cigarettes during this whole time? whole time. No, no, you're saying because you quit, you quit for three years, you were saying, right? So just three years ago, you quit? Like, yeah, I, whole I, time. yeah I ain't smoking yeah, three, four years. Three, oh. four years. Oh, wow. Round of applause for you. I actually, uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a smoker and, uh, as well. I, I quit just for, you know, a few months now since I've been on quarantine. Now, what were some of the steps you took to stop smoking? Because smoking is, is it's, a, it's oh, an addiction. It's man, it was man. hard. Yeah. Bro, it's hard. I try to get my dad to stop, man. And it's like, Bro, it got so hard to where, like, I quit one time for a, a whole year, and I went back, gave myself that excuse, or whatever circumstance I was around, people, whatever. I started back, and I said, you know what, I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. I was throwing a pack of cigarettes away, dog. I would, I would get a cigarette pack, smoke one cigarette, throw the whole pack away. Yeah. This lady at the store saw me that I go to, I was up the street from my house, and she said, hey, baby, let me tell you something. She said, I'm going to keep this pack of cigarettes. 
She said, you come get one every time you want one. I'm tired of seeing you throw your money away buying cigarettes. She said, when you're done, you should be done buying a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So the last cigarette I got out of that pack, I haven't went and bought a cigarette pack, man, like I said, three or four years ago. Yeah, no, no, super amazing. Especially and, with it's the hard, man. It's, even if you have to break down, if you have to break down and do five, start from five. So I ain't going to smoke no more than five cigarettes yeah. a day. You know what I'm saying? Okay, then you break it down. Say, okay, I'm down. I ain't gonna smoke no more next week. I ain't gonna smoke no more than three cigarettes a day. If you have one that morning and you be thirsting and don't and for that one at noonday or whatever, midday, if you have one at night, break it down like that. You have to have two to one. You have to, I think each smoker man has their own remedy on how it's gonna work for them, man. Me, no, I got sick and tired of it, man. I got, I got tired of the, I want to see how I will feel. I said, I can always go back to smoking cigarettes. Always. Mm-hmm. I want to see how it feels. I want to see the truth about my lungs, about my energy and my stamina and my gut. So if I don't smoke cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it works, man. It, it, you have to really want to do it. You know, I don't care what nobody else tell you or nobody else preach to you. You got to really say, you know what? I don't want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to see what it's going to be. Yeah. And stick to it, though. Mm-hmm. So, 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 super amazing. So, amazing. One of the problems that I personally have, I, I know a lot of smokers have, is, is just the alcohol. The alcohol with the, with the cigarettes, they're kind of like one and the same. But I was able to cut out some of the habits like eating and stuff like that after cigarettes. So, I'm sure people listening that want to quit smoking, these are some of the things that you can do to move forward to quit your smoking habit. Now, when it comes to, to sports entertainment, particularly wrestling, uh, there are some people that got bars in there. We see John Cena, he raps. We know you rap, a few others. Is there any hidden gem, like wrestler, that actually could rap, like, that we don't know about? Um, the Usos hard, man. The Usos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they hard, man. So so both, both of them spit? Yeah, both of them spit. Holy shit, that's what I'm talking Welcome. about. Yeah. 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 yeah, Super fire. Um, yeah. Um, so what do we have coming out? Do we have an album coming out? Is there an EP coming out? What exactly do we have coming out? What's the future for Ron Killings? Man, I got another single coming out uh, featuring uh, Naomi. She's a uh, hot singer, man, that's coming out. Naomi Nicole, um, Ask Somebody. It's the title of that one. Yeah. I have a song coming out called Umbrella. I got, um, we got all the power. Which is a song, man, an idea I got from a um, local city councilman uh, from, uh, from Charlotte. He wanted, uh, my producer had me reach out to him and he was like, hey, man, I'm running for city council. You should do a rap for me. You know, I don't want to do the old traditional tea party. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in touch with the youngsters, man. You know, you're on TV, you're a public figure, the kids like you. Can you do a rap to encourage them to vote, man? To like uh, apply it. I'm like, okay, cool. So my producer was like, dog, you should do a song to it. Any and everybody can use that song when it's time for election. But make it a bipartisan song and make it cool, make it dope. Mm-hmm. And, bro, we got that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out soon, too. Mm-hmm. Now, now, finally, now you brought up a good point. A lot of young people do look up to you. Um, what advice do you have for a young person? Maybe they want to be a musician. They want to get into sports. Just general advice, especially th- those coming from a rough background, because it seems harder for those type of kids. Uh, just advice that you want to give to a youngster looking to better their lives, get into entertainment, sports, you know, whatever it is, music. Because anyone that wants to get into it, yeah. do it. Do it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Um, be willing to make sacrifices. And a lot of times, those sacrifices going to come from you sacrificing, like getting away from your your original circle. Um, if you're having negative results, sometimes you got to get rid, rid of the negative things around you. Um, have that ambition. Have that drive. Don't get content. Don't get comfortable. Always be hungry. And just, like, go do it. There ain't no such thing as can mm-hmm. Round of applause. Round kills in the building. I'm your host, Infamous. I'm Dave. This is the Infamous Hour slash Blueback Radio. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. I want to thank uh, Ron Killings for coming and sitting down and talking to the people. Now, we're about to debut a record. Uh, I'll let you debut the record. What's the record we're going to debut? How they can follow you on social media, where they can purchase the music? Hey, y'all can go check out Hit Them Up. Y'all can go check out Set It Off. Put in Ron Killings. You can go check me out on Instagram at RonKillings1. You can go check me out on YouTube at RonKillings TV. Check out the Hit Em Up video. Check out the Set It Off video on YouTube. Just put in Ron Killing, Set It Off, and you can go get that. It's available on all digital uh, platforms. And don't forget, we got Ask Somebody, Umbrella, and we got all the power coming up. So just stay tuned. That's right. I'm the Infamous Amadeus. This is the Infamous Hour. Make sure you follow us at the Infamous Hour on all social media platforms. Follow me at the Infamous Amadeus. Debut some music.
right back with you. What up, what up, what up? You know what it is. Your boy Style Speed of Ghost is going down right here at Shade 45 Series XM. And you are rocking with my family, the infamous Amadeus. And this is what we do. Stay tuned. Pay attention. Don't turn the station. Ghost. Back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at the Infamous Amadeus. And make sure you check out this amazing program on Boom Bap Nation that we have a live QA series called The Dope Talk. It'll be every single Thursday at 9 p.m. And Boom Bap Nation has an amazing following on Facebook. Uh, over 2 million followers on Facebook. So if you haven't followed Boom Bap Nation already, I need you to go right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, and make sure you follow me at the infamous Amadeus as well. Now, it's no secret hip-hop and politics has just been one of the same since Public Enemy. I mean, we can go down the line, Tupac Shakur, and this man is a perfect combination of both. He's actually an artist that I used to be in the underground with, and now he is the mayor of Peekskill, New York. Give it up for Noodle. What's up, brother? Yeah, so so you got a chance to do a serious sex sam. Uh, what was that experience like? I, you know, even myself as a as a radio DJ, I'm on there every week. Like, I still get butterflies every time I go on there. Um, I know that must have been amazing for you. Yeah, I, I can't even explain it in words, man. It's just that the platform, you know, Shade Forty Five itself, and you know, and 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 Eminem is one of the greatest of all times. I, I got that. That's just what that's. There's just no argument on that. I don't care who says anything. But that that platform, uh, it just it, it's just inspiring for an artist, man. Like there are artists in my in my in my neighborhood that are dreaming of an opportunity like that. You know what I'm saying? So when they when they heard me on there, you don't know how much that inspired the other artists that I know um, from my city personally. Period. They just they, they can't believe it, and it's like. He's a mayor. He's gonna save forty five. Like if he could do it, I could do it, and that's that's what life is about for me. So it was it was beyond words, man. Yeah. Beyond words. Yeah, uh, super inspiring. Now they know you for politics, but I know you as an artist. So I, I know you in the underground grind. Uh, we were managed by the same person. Shout out to Larue uh, back in the day in, no the, doubt. Uh, in the underground days. Uh, talk about your career as an MC before politics, like in that type of grind um, early on, like doing the showcases, you know, trying to put music yeah, out yeah. And, and being an artist. Yeah, it was it was part of my life since I was a kid, man. My uncle Troy, they used to call Tricky T back in the eighties, man. He helped me write my first rhyme in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and uh, from that point on, I just figured that like, this is it for me. And then he bought me some turntables, and when I got the turntables, it was a wrap. Back in the day, if you remember, we used to buy single CDs or single records. The records always came with the song, radio ver- radio version, the acapella, and the instrumental. And he was like, when you get those instrumental, write your rhymes, and that's that's kind of how it started. And I did my first performance in my eighth grade dinner dance. Mm-hmm. And the attention that I got, the love I felt, and the experience of dancing and rapping on that stage was like, yeah, this is it. So from that point on, that it, it was it was part of it was part of the lifestyle, man. It, it wasn't just a just a, a thing to do for fun. It was part of the lifestyle: writing songs, writing poetry, writing music, mm-hmm. collaborating with other artists. It just became who I was mm-hmm. and who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, as a musician, uh, who were some of your influences growing up? I mean, we both grew up in the 90s, so 90s was a super aggressive era. It was also a down era um, as far as, you know, the crack epidemic was there. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you know, Not, yo, the 90s was era was inspirational yeah. as an artist. Like, you know, the 80s, it was like, oh, they break this and they're killing it. they just saying nice rhymes. I think the '90s was like that storytelling era where you kind of you kind of felt like you was there. Like you you know you listen to like a Nas song or album. You know the message was one of my favorite songs growing up from Nas. You know, but you know Nas was an inspiration. You know, Pac is probably my 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 as far as the hip hop industry goes, my favorite uh my favorite MC, my favorite artist. But I grew up listening to Dr. Effects. I love the Lost Boys. You know, uh, Jay Z of course. You know, Slim Shady when he came out was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, NWA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Scarface, you know, there's a, a lot of the, a lot of the artists, public enemy, of course, you know, saying Rakim was, was, I still got a little bit of Rakim when I was growing up too, you know, but for the most part, my favorite group though was definitely, definitely Mr. Teeks and the Lost Boys, man. I, I listen, I listen to them every day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Lost Boys is simply amazing. Actually, uh, I mentioned earlier in this show, uh, we have a new uh, segment called The Dope Talk. We're doing it on Facebook.com, Boom Bap Nation on Thursdays. And the first guy I'm going to interview is Mr. Cheeks. I mean, what an amazing career Mr. Cheeks has had. Yeah, it's, it's actually going to be uh, next Thursday on 9 p.m. on Boom Bap Nation. There's one million people on there. And the dope thing about it is that the listeners, uh, this is 
this is a new series that we have. So we're doing it via Zoom, but it'll broadcast on Facebook, broadcast on on, on Instagram. But the actual listeners are going to actually be able to come in on the Zoom conference and be able to talk to, oh, to, to some of their uh their, their great legends. And and we want to give these guys flowers while while they're alive. Don't you agree? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'll be looking for that link. Man. Yeah, yeah. Now you know, I got to, I got, I was blessed to meet him a couple of times at a few few events um, uh, out in New Rochelle years ago. Yeah, and uh, one in the Bronx not too long ago. So you know, he, he's he's definitely an inspiration. But those 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 artists really inspired me the most, man. Yeah, um, I find it interesting that that Pac is your favorite MC. Now Pac is also my favorite MC, and I also get I get a lot of slack being in the radio world because the misinterpretation of like when you say top five MCs, I think a lot of people confuse that with top five lyrics. It's like lyrics and MCs are two different things. The MC is the master of ceremony. To be the master of ceremony, you have to right. be well rounded. Uh, one of the things that always inspired me about Pac is that I always felt the same way about. You know, two different songs. So whether it was "Hit 'Em Up" or whether it was "Dear Mama," I kind of felt the same. Pac was also a, <laughs> right. Pac was also a political figure. So moving past rap, like listening to Pac, was that some of the drive to get into politics? Without a doubt. You know, I, when I when I watched the, the the biography on him, he said one of the most inspirational things, and I've I've actually taken it to my own. You know, I made it my own thing now. And one of the things he said that 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 I use, and I think this motivated me. This is probably like ten years ago too, when I saw this. But the quote that he said was, I may not be the person to change the world, but I guarantee I'll spark the mind of the people that do. Yeah. And when I, when I heard him say that, it was like, damn, you know how you hear certain things that you just love and you automatically make it relate to you? And you mm-hmm. like people that go to church, they go to the sermon and the pastor say something, they say, yo, that was for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when, when, I, when I heard that and got deep into pop music songs like Life Goes On, you know, Dear Mamas, of course. You know, you know, um, you know, pour out a little liquor, like all of these songs. He was really just inspiring people, period, to, to look further than where we are. You know, his interviews, the vibe interview, he was young, he was immature and mature at the same time. And he was saying things like, we need to have our own. Black people, people in the lower income communities, we need to have our own. We don't need to be able to, we don't need to have to follow what's going on right now, but we need to own our own, own our own cars, own our own gas stations, our own apartment complexes, houses, property. He was pushing that. And a little, a few more years of maturity, I think he would have been one to really, really help change this world. And I think that politics and music was something that Pac would have certainly been involved in. You know, he, he made a rhyme one time saying, you know, he got, he sold a million, I mean, he, he had a quote, he said he sold a million records, he can get a million books. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's like he, he was on his way. And I'll, I'll never compare myself to Pac at all, but I do think that he inspired a lot of people out there um, whether it's politics or music. And I think that I, I have the opportunity to take advantage of that, and I'm going to. Yeah. Um, so moving past music, so obviously you, you had a career as an MC in the underground. Um, when did politics actually come into the the, the field for you? Funnily, you know, it's, it's funny you say that, because I, I didn't really realize how much in, involved in the community, polit- you know, political world I was, but... Um, I put out a song in 2009 called Peaks Kill My City, and I started doing, like, little college tours and everything. And uh, there's, a, there's an NBA player. His name was Elton Brand. He grew up in my city, too. He made it to the NBA. He's, like, he's a general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers now. So shout out to Elton Brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me, as long as I continue to help out in my community, he, he would support me. You know, he would support my tours. You know, he would financially support me through some of these, you know, these, these hardships as an underground artist coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and what I used to do is I used to do every summer when I came home, from, from where I was at touring or whatever I was doing, I would always do something for the community, whether raising money for the youth row, for the school district, for the Kylie Youth Center, after school programs, you know, book bags, school supplies, fries, fish fries. Like, we did everything. And, uh, you know, we raised $18,000 one fish fry um, mm-hmm. fundraiser, and we used the money to get an entire new gym floor for our um, our only youth center uh, in, in the city of Peekskill. And he was just like, listen, you keep doing this, I'm going to keep looking out for you. Once I had my first child, my son, in 2013, the traveling and everything just came to a, a complete halt, you know. And um, that's when I really got more involved in the city and seeing what was going on. And the mayor started reaching out to me and the council people started reaching out to me. And uh, they had asked me to run for office in 2011, and I said no. And they asked me almost every election. I said no every year. And then 2015, I was like, you know, I'm going to consider it. And uh, when, when I said I was going to consider it, this lady came to my job. Um, and my predecessor, they both came to my job. I was working at that youth center I'm talking about, and they came up to me and they told me if I was going to run, I had to run with, with him. And if I didn't run with him, 
they was going to ruin me. They was going to ruin my reputation and everything. And mm. I, I said, okay, well, <laughs> I'm definitely going to run now, and I'm definitely going to run against you. Mm. And that, that's how it started. And literally, uh, not even three days later, we had a big announcement. News 12 came, and, you know, Noodles running for council. It's crazy. And this lady put on her Facebook page, you know, two days after the announcement that this man, Andre Noodle, he's going to run for council. He's probably going to say he's a youth advocate, but he can't be a youth advocate if he doesn't know his own father. And mm. that was my introduction to peace politics. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> wow. Wow. Super. Now, so, um, now, now for, for most people, um, you know, the people actually listening to this, I mean, people that listen to radio, I find a lot of people are not knowledgeable of politics. Um, maybe, maybe because they, maybe it scares them. Maybe it's the relationship that they feel the disconnect between them and presidents and, you know, mayors of different places. Um, where do you think the, the disconnect starts from, the, the inner city communities to government officials. The disconnect is the amount of knowledge that people in the community are getting from, you know, this is, politics. Is not it's, it's like it's like credit. You know, it, you know, credit is is one of the most important things in a person's life as they as they grow older and they want to invest and become successful. And that's not taught in school. Politics is probably some of the most important things in our life because it focuses on our day to day lifestyle. And it's not taught in school. You know, they don't they don't teach you. Hey, if you run for council, you'll be doing this. If you run for mayor and senate and governor, you'll be doing this. But these are the things that make our future, you know. And as a as a as a as a mayor in my city, for example, the mayor and the council, we appoint the judge of our city. We appoint the police chief of our city. So when you hear about these judges allowing these cases of these young men getting shot by the police, it's like this: your city mayor or town village mayor is probably responsible for appointing that judge. Mm-hmm. And appointing that chief that didn't discipline that officer. And it's like, when people catch on to that, they're like, damn, because that's how I was. You know, when I when I started to get involved, I got involved, somebody threatened me, somebody was going to ruin me. Mm-hmm. When I started learning everything, I tell the kids now, when I go to high schools and colleges to talk, I tell the kids now, had I had a mayor like me when I was a kid, I'd be running for president this year. Yeah. Because there's so much that we just don't know that our local government is responsible for. You know, and people like I, I watched the case about the young man who was who was who was shot while he was jogging, um, you know, Ahmad. And they're 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 the protesters are screaming at the president Trump. And it's like, no, the governor of that state, the judge, the Supreme Court judge of that state, that's who we need to be talking to. Because they're the ones responsible for their state, you know, laws and policies. So we could be mad at Trump for whatever our reasons are. Yeah. But we need to focus on the people who are making the laws in this city. Who made it the law and said two people can walk around walk up to you with a shotgun and tell you I'm here on self-defense. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. did they have policies and laws in place that protect them, that allow people to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that's, that's one of the things that we may be learning now, particularly with the COVID-19 situation, where it's like the federal government has their hands up. It's like mayors, governors, uh, take care of your own towns and, and govern them yourselves now. <laughs> yeah, now, right, now, right. Now, <laughs> where, is, where is 914 exactly in this opening process? We see a lot of uh, processes opening up in New York. We see them opening up in Atlanta. They're here. They're there. Where yeah. does your particular region stand as far as the statistics? Yeah, so we're, we're in the same county as New Rochelle, Yonkers, you know, um, Cherrytown. Like, we're, we're, we're in that same type of area. We're all in the same county, Westchester County. Yeah. And uh, so we, we work with the Department of Health. We work with the governor's office. We work with the state county executive, George Latimer. And we, we speak with each of them about probably twice a week. And you know, we try to what we're trying to do is base our reopening strategy on the statistics and the numbers. You know, Peacefield alone was, uh, you know, accounted for 800 positive tests. Mm-hmm. And currently we only have 100 and like I want to say 122 that are active. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, a good a good I want to say between 95 to 98 percent of those um, have recovered, you know, and I, we've had about four losses. You know, out of that, out of that number, that really, of course, any loss impacts the community. You know, but um, for the most part, we've had a lot of recovery. So right now, you know, the the budget is is being impacted heavily. You know, yeah. and there's <laughs> another thing for those up there who are looking into politics, who are you know artists, NCs, or basketball players, whatever you are, the city controls the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, so the amount of money that that that's allocated towards your youth program or your or your you know your 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 DPW cleaning up your city, like we dictate where that money goes. And if you don't have anybody that cares about the children on the council or, or, or the mayor that doesn't care about the children in the community, you might not get a lot of funds for that, Yeah, you know, for, for those type of programs. But as far as the COVID-19 goes, you know, we're, we're looking at our statistics and we're slowly reopening. But we, we also don't want to be one of those cities that just 
rush through the reopening and catch that quick second wave either. Yeah, and I kind of felt like uh, things are never going to be the same again, uh, Noodle. Like, it, nah, it, it just nah. feels like, you know, like even in the radio world, like, you know, we're, we're talking about opening up in September. Um, you know, are people going to want to travel to New York or to wherever their, you know, radio interview is? Um, what do you think life is going to be like after this, so, coming out of this? You know, so I, I my personal opinion, <laughs> I'm going to put my music hat back on, is, yeah. <laughs> is it, it's, going, it's going to be different for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, however, I do believe there will be a point in time, it's, it's similar to the flu. Like the flu, you know, when the, when the, when the, when the flu came out, the, the, the swine flu came out in 19... 19- 18, I believe it was, and it was a pandemic back then. Yeah. You know, it it, it 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 lasted about two years before, you know, people started to get results of, of actual medicines and things that could prevent it. Um, this generation isn't really as concerned, I don't think, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, about some of these things that that's happening. A lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. There's a lot of people who just don't believe in the government, and they, you know, they, this is all a hoax, and you know, so I I don't know how much of an impact this is going to have on the next generation who doesn't follow the government or the conspiracy theorists. That's one thing. And the other thing is, you know, there's, there's going to have to be a point in time where people feel comfortable again, mm-hmm. because I can guarantee you people aren't going to walk around with masks on their face for, for, for the next two or three years. Yeah. You know, so that there, mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of solution. And some of the places are coming up with great ideas. Like they have like these, these, these stickers or these, these tape lines. In their restaurants or in their like Dunkin' Donuts, you got to stand six feet apart. I, I think it's going to last for a while. I'd say at least a year. Mm-hmm. But just like the the, the pandemic a hundred years ago, you know, after a couple of years, they start to you know do a little bit of investigation and start to find things that can prevent it, find things that can maybe possibly cure it, vaccines for it. And once you put that word vaccine out, it seems like everybody just drops drops the guard anyway. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, because, oh, vaccine! Oh, they go. We go to the club tonight. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so. Jesus. Um, very interesting thing you said there. Uh, the youth basically not caring, and and this also kind of goes into music as well. It's like a perfect segue because we find ourselves in a situation where the youth kind of doesn't care about the actual craft of being an MC. They kind of don't really care about um the legends yeah, before yeah. us in a sense. Um. But you, as a musician, you still maintain the melodic melody from before. Do you ever find maybe a little bit of pressure to say, you know what, let me let me do these auto-tune type of records. Let me do these records. Or you just like, you know what, this is my sound. Accept it. You know what, the funny thing is, is as much as those type of records are, are aired now and, and, and played now for this generation, uh, my Uncle Troy used to explain it to me as, as restaurants. He always told me, listen, when, when we were growing up in the 90s, you could name five artists that were dope. Buster Rhymes, Eminem, Jay Z, Nas, DMX, Cannabis. Like none of those artists sound like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the key, the key to it, the way he explained it to me was like, you got to look at, and I don't, I don't mean to downplay any artist out there. It, it, your, your craft is your craft, and you got to love it. If nobody loves it, you got to love it. Mm-hmm. But I, he looked at it like restaurants. He said, if you notice, every time you go to any city or state in this country, there's a McDonald's no matter where you go. No matter what highway you walk, no matter what hood you in, what nice neighborhood you in, there's a yeah. McDonald's somewhere near. Doesn't mean McDonald's is healthy. Mm-hmm. There's not a Whole Foods everywhere you go, but that's where you gotta go. There's not a Red Lobster everywhere you go, but sometimes you wanna go there. And I feel like though a lot of these artists are doing some of the same things, I need to be able to put that there so people can say, "Wait a minute, that's a little different." You know, let's try that because hip hop to me, the culture. It was always about a good balance of music, a good balance of artistry. And I was never inspired by another artist to be that artist. Mm-hmm. I was inspired by what he was saying to make it interpretate what I want to say in my own way. So when I hear him, I'm like, yo, he just, I love listening to him because he, he, he's real. He mm-hmm. knows what it was like growing up in the streets. He knows he, he punchlines phenomenal. I don't do that. But I can appreciate that even more because he does and that's why it's like I, what I bring to the table is a little bit different. And when you have a Thanksgiving meal, imagine imagine sitting at the Thanksgiving table and, and, and the only thing on the Thanksgiving table is a whole bunch of turkey. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. We want some green peas. We yeah. want some yams. We want some macaroni cheese. <laughs> it's the same with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the consistency of that sounds hot. I'm going to mock that and make it my own. That sounds hot, too. And everybody sounds like the entire album sounds like that's fine. That's cool because every once in a while, I'll listen to some of that. I ain't going to lie. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, 
I think hip hop needs a balance. And I think that those artists that are conscious, those artists that are trapped, those artists that are commercial, like mm-hmm. if we have a well balance of it, we could appreciate even more. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, and that's why it's, it's hip hop is the most, to me, one of the most inspirational Eric genres of music. Yeah. Um, early on in your political career, um, were there a struggle as far as, you know, consistently being called like a rapper, like the rapping mayor, like if you Google yourself, it's oh like my God. rapper mayor, rapper this, <laughs> rapper that. And it, it, it kind of felt like that was something that they kind of did to like downplay um, your impact in your community. I mean, it, it is yeah. what it is. Um, so rapper, listen, <laughs> the rapping rapper mayor. ain't even to have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a, my, my, my predecessor put out a flyer. It was sent out to over 7,000 uh, residents, all the, the, you know, all of the registered, uh, Republicans who had voted for him against his his predecessor is like seven thousand to nine thousand residents that he took the flyer out to, and on the front of the flyer it says, "What do you want the leadership of your city to look like?" And on the front of the flyer you see him. He's sitting down in his office with a pair of glasses on, a nice tie, and a pencil, getting ready to write something. Then when you flip the flyer over, it's me. I'm at a club. He he took a picture off my Facebook page. I'm at a club holding on three of my female friends. With a hat on and my tongue out. Oh my god! And this, this went outside. This went out to the residents of my city. So for those people who didn't know me as an elected official, they knew me as a rapper. It was like, yo, why would you attack me like that? Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me oh, so more than it hurt you. me. Hey, yeah. Uh-huh. So everything you can think of. He's in one of my songs. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling at the cops, so them haters can't get me. Now I feel like I'm a king in my city. Mm-hmm. They were like. They dissect the word, the lyric. Oh, look, he said he hates, he's, he's not getting caught by the cops, just like the average criminal, or he's a king in his city. What kind of mayor would claim to be a king of his city? And it, you know, it was just, it was, they took every lyric out of context. But the best thing about this for me was I had a support system of great family who told me, when you get into politics, you better know who the hell you are, mm-hmm. because they're going to tell you who you're not. They're going to tell you things that you've never said. They're going to say that you said it. They're going to say you things that you never did. They're going to say that you did it. you got to go in there knowing who you are. As long as you know who you are, that stuff won't face you. And the hardest part for me, if, as far as running for politics, was being able to shut my mouth. And this is another thing that I learned from Pop yeah. in, that, in, in the movie. He was saying, you know, me and my big mouth. I had to learn patience. This Running for office definitely builds character. That's for sure. Because mm-hmm. people say things about you. And people that you know, you I've known you for 12 years. And me and you was cool. And now all of a sudden I'm running for office. Now I'm sort of demon. Like, yeah. what, what happened to that? You know, it's, well, you're registered as this and that. So now, I, you know, you, you believe like they believe. Yeah, but me and you, we've been friends for 12 years. Who cares what they believe? I can rock with you. Yeah. But politics divide. And, and, and unfortunately, that's what, that's what it is. But we'll get to a better place, I'm sure. Yeah. Certainly will. Uh, <laughs> um, um, do you ever feel like, because obviously you're, you're a public official now, so what you say on record, you know, you have to be conscious of that. You can't say. But do you ever feel like sometimes you just want to get back to the remote lounge days and just, you know, do one of them freestyles? And, and you were never a violent rapper. So let me be clear about this. You was never right, a violent right. rapper. You know, you, 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 you always been like, I'm the violent rapper. Round of applause. Not a round of applause, but I'm the violent rapper. He's not the violent rapper. Okay? Let's be clear. Anybody listening right now, he's not the violent rapper. But, you know, you, 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 you've always been like the J. Cole, the Kendrick Lamar, the witness, right, right, right. The, the consciousness, the, the vivid pictures of the Little community. Brother. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but now being a political official, you have to watch what you say. But you ever feel like sometimes, like, you hear somebody freestyle, like, ah, you know, I might want to take them out real quick or maybe have some rhymes in the stash, <laughs> you know, just yeah. in case it gets there. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, 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 but there's two great things about that. One is it creates a challenge, and that's what I, that's fortunately what I like. I, I, you know, my favorite quote, it's in my office. When, when you, whenever this pandemic is over, you got to come up to my office and see it's beautiful office, by the way. Yeah, I but will. The quote that I have up in my office of Maya Angelou is, is very simple. If you want me to do something, tell me I can't do it. When I first ran for mayor and won, I had my first uh, interview with Verizon uh, Files, and they came up and they asked me, would you, would you consider running, when I ran for council, mm-hmm. would you consider running for mayor or anything further? And I said, listen, as long as people keep, you know, keep, keep making me upset, I guarantee it I'll be running for more. You know, and the second thing is that the challenge as an artist, you're supposed to be able to say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. As an elected official, you have to be very cautious. So I look at it like, listen, there's certain things that I'm not going to say as an, as, as an elected official. I'm going to try to make the decision, though. So when you hear my music, like the song I put out, Hope, you know, I'm saying, listen, you know, you know, you know, black people, you know, black men were getting we're going to college and getting jobs. Black men, we loving our children more than their moms. You know, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I've noticed that there, there's a system, you know, when you look at child support or when you look at things like that, uh, as an elected official, I can work my way up to make some changes. But as an artist, I'm going to tell those who don't listen to me as an elected official exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because there's a message in the music and there's a message in the politics. But sometimes I can't go to the podium and just straight out say, hey, this is what we're going to do for this community. But as an artist, this is what we need to do for this community. Yeah. So I'm going to rap about what I'm doing. And that's the best thing about it for me. When you listen to artists like 50 Cent and, and, and you know, and Styles, feel like you believe them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to do. I want people to hear my music and believe it. So if I say something in my record, believe it. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said meaning. before, the best part of that is knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. And being comfortable in your own skin, most importantly. Now, I got to tell you, Doodle, like uh, Mayor Rainey, uh, you know, like I, I, we haven't spoken in a while, but we know each other for a long time. And, you know, Man, just, just watching on social media, like watching someone that we actually like grew up together. You know, we came up through the, through the grind together. You got Mayor, a round of applause. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> come on. Like, I mean, that, that that's super amazing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're on your second term now, right? So this is term two? Oh, my. Yeah, I just got elected last November. I just got reelected. I'm sorry. Reelected last November for my second term as mayor. Yep. Yeah, so second term. So after the second term, I mean, what is the future for, for, for Mr. Rainy Noodle? I mean, where are we going after this? So I'm, 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 I'm undecided exactly where. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to go for another term or if I'm going to look for, you know, look to see, see myself somewhere else. Uh, I definitely see myself staying involved in, in politics. So I told myself um, when I won my first election, I only won by 100, 132 votes. Mm-hmm. So I told myself, if I won my, re- if I got reelected, I, I would make this a career and start really making some, you know, you know, taking this as a, as a, as a career goal and, and focus on higher positions. And my last election, I won uh, uh, by, by a little over a thousand votes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like, okay, people like what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. So now that I, I, I feel like my community supports me. And I feel like there was a community that probably didn't support me as a young African-American rapper. Mm-hmm. I think that they see me in a different light now. And that just inspired me to, to, to look at other opportunities. Yeah. But more importantly, I want to be able to say, if I'm going for another position, I want to make sure I know who's there. Because all of these politicians making all of these promises, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to change the world. Then they get in there, and they're with people who don't agree with anything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if, if the Senate has, let's say the Senate has 25 Republicans and, and four Democrats, let's say I'm running as a Democrat. I got to start building relationships with them Republicans before I get in there mm-hmm. because I'm going to want to make some changes that they're probably not going to agree with. But if I can work with them, if we can work on coming to a middle, then we'll always be good. And I don't want to be like one of them politicians that go out there and say, I'm going to get in there and change the world. Then you get in there and you got 45 people voting against you yeah. and then nobody likes you anymore. Yeah. You know, so you, you got to know who you're working. It's like the music game. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got artists and you got promoters and, you know, some promoters will tell you, you know, come to my show and we'll pay $500 for my show and Puff Daddy will sign you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you get there and, and Puff Daddy didn't even know about the show. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, know you just, mm-hmm. just got to know who you're working with and know who you're networking with and, and, and that determines your success and your success is based on what you can do for your people. Yeah, I mean, that's super important. Not only more important because one of the things that you mentioned that a lot of people don't really understand, I mean, you get into a position of power but you have people fighting against you. There's a lot of different elections and this is like, how important is it to vote on every level? It's not only about voting your mayors, it's not only, uh, you know, yeah. governors. I mean, even your local yeah. official, your city councilman, your senate, like how important is it to, for everyone to come out and vote every term? It's, it's the most important thing you can do, but it's not just voting. It's, it's really looking at the values of the people that you're voting for. Cause I, you know, when I ran my first campaign, I said, I don't, y'all, I told people, y'all don't have to vote for me if you don't know me. That's fine. But you're going to get what you deserve and what you deserve is what you do or don't vote for, you know? And I encourage people like these, these activists, you know, uh, the, the, one of my, one of my mentors, the day before my first election as mayor, he put on his Facebook page, I'm not supporting Mayor Rainey for, for election. I'm not supporting the other guy either, but I just don't think Mayor Rainey can do this. And he's, you know, and I'm like, my man, I looked up to you. He was like an uncle to me. Like, it, it's like somebody that if I made it successful, you'd be one of the first people I try to feed. Yeah. Why would you do that? And it's like, there's, there's hate, there's jealousy, there's, 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 there's insecurities of, of others who want to do it, but they don't have the heart to do it. So they'll critique everything you do. Yeah. But the important thing, again, is knowing who you are. And once you get to that level, once you get in that office, it's it's just like the hip-hop world. You have to network with people. 
because the governor gave my city $10 million. He gave my city $16 million in the entire year, my first term. Mm-hmm. We never seen that kind of money ever. He he came to New, he came to PCO four times during my term. Mm-hmm. You'll never see that again. You no governors ever came to our city other than the governor that was from our city. And that was back in early eighties. Yeah, that that, that that's was pathetic. still not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's still not enough for those who don't like me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I mean, you'll never see that again. Yeah, super. But you got you got to be prepared to get in there. And and I, I want to just I want to make this point very clear. Part of the reason that you get these people to attack you, and there's people like you, there's people that got really, really, really genuine hearts that know the streets, that know what the community needs, but they won't run for office because of the people that will attack them for their history, for their mistakes, for their bad choices growing up. But that is what makes us who we are. And if I didn't, if if I didn't be attacked, I'm just getting attacked on Facebook today. When this interview is over. And they hear it. Oh, he was on iHeartRadio with the gangster rappers. Like, it's going to be t- put out of context. But that's the thing that scares some of the best people from being in positions like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know. finally, I, I guess my final question before we, we, we get back into, you know, the music, the new music you have coming out. I mean, how do you deal with that? You know, such such patience. Um, and, I mean, just the human element, you know, when it comes into this. Like, I thought myself... Sometimes I just have to ignore the social media comments. I kind of feel like people just say things for the sake of hearing themselves speak, you know, at some point. Um, but from a public official uh, perspective, I mean, how difficult is it, you know, just to, you know, stay quiet? You know, you know, you have to say things a certain way. It, 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 it's probably the biggest challenge that I had mm-hmm. was, like I said, was being able to, it, it built character for sure. But the biggest challenge I had was being able to deal with it. There was a rumor about me last summer, uh, a, 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 a random Facebook page put in a Facebook group that, you know, the mayor of Peekskill was caught smoking weed uh, in Yonkers, and he was arrested because when the cop pulled him over for smoking weed, he said the cop said that he didn't pay his child support. So he was arrested and brought into the, into the Yorktown police station, and then they realized that he was the mayor, so they let him go. Now, the, the sad thing about that story is, one, I had to smoke weed since I was in college in 2003. Mm-hmm. Two, I've never been arrested. Three, I haven't been arrested in Yorktown or, or, or anywhere in that area a day of my life. But the fact that it was put out there, that circulated through my community faster than anything I've ever seen. And it was like the mayor was caught smoking weed. The mayor didn't pay child support. The mayor went to jail in Yorktown. Like, And the crazy thing about it to me is, was this was all during the election. <laughs> so people politics. are second guessing their vote. Yeah. Like, wait a Dirty minute, politics. we can't vote for you. Yeah, he was a rapper, but now he's now he's not paying child support, smoking weed, and hanging out in Yorktown. Like, it just got twisted. And I told people, look, I'm not gonna fight against these people on Facebook all day. If y'all believe them and y'all vote against me, you'll get what you deserve. But I can't spend too much time defending every rumor about me. Mm-hmm. What I have to do is focus on getting the things that I want to get done complete. Mm-hmm. Then my job is done. And again, there's some great people out there that should be doing things like this, but they won't. And when I put my music out, there's some songs on this album that's going to turn some heads. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's, 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 it's going to turn some heads because there's a lot of things that I just tolerated as an elected official that the artist side of me was like, yo, you got to say something about this. You got to you gotta, you gotta share this story. You gotta put this music, this information out there. Put some melody behind it, some nice frequencies, so people can dance. But give them something to listen to, inspire them, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the entire purpose of it. But the challenge is is remembering who you are, and not letting anyone drive you to believe you're not what you turn out what you want to be. Yeah. Uh. So we have a new project coming out. So we have a new. So we have this this new song. Right, that we out now. We debuted on Serious XM Shade Four Five. We got to debut it right now on this uh, FM platform. Um, besides the song, we have an album. We have an EP. Do we have a body of work coming? What, what can people be? Yeah, yeah. About? So the so the yeah so the body of work is, is coming out. Uh, it, it, you know, we pushed it back because of this pandemic. So uh, I got there's so much I got to focus on right now. And the last thing I got I need to do is put out a music album. While this is going on, then I'll then I'll definitely be voted out of office. But uh, <laughs> but the, the 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 project is called Politics and Music. The the first song is is you know the first song that we released is called Hope. The second song, um, is called Am I Wrong? And the third song is going to be uh, Unite the States. That's probably one of the most that song is probably one of the most powerful songs I think I've ever recorded in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking at at an August an August release. We're starting to drop singles now. Hope is out there now. 
Am I Wrong is coming out in a couple of weeks. And um and politics and music should be out uh by the by the end of August, early early September for sure. Yeah, super amazing. Round of applause for my guest Noodle, aka Mayor Rainey. Yeah. Um I'm Nick from this is the infamous hour. Uh Mayor Rainey, please right now debut your record right now. Shout your social media if anybody wanna uh, uh follow you and any last words just for the for the audience. Yeah, I just I just want to shout out to, to the to the entire city of Peekskill, all, all of the artists in Peekskill. You know, we won we won great family. My brother Sife, Larue, the Burn You Team, my brother J Three. Um, but you can definitely follow me on on Facebook, Andre Rainey for all, or you can just look at my personal page on my music page, facebook.com slash noodle noodle. Uh, if you look for me on Instagram, it's noodle noodle twelve seventeen. Or again, Andre Rainey for all, and you can find all my information on there. If you have a hard time finding it, just Google Andre Rainey Mayor of Peekskill, and all my stuff will come up. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, everything like that. So I appreciate you. And yo, if I want to say one love to you, brother. You you've been solid since the day before I met you, man. So I appreciate you, yo. I appreciate you too. This is the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow me at the Infamous Amadeus at the Infamous Hour. And more importantly, Boom Bat Nation. We're right back after this dope record here on the Infamous Hour. <laughs> Causing pandemonium in the street. In the street. City to city, coast to coast. It's the one and only. The back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. All social media platforms at the Infamous Amadeus. Last time I had this guy on, he was telling me about the real gangster shit that was going on in Europe. Apparently, people over here in America are fucking pussies. And in, the, and in Europe, shit is really going down. Motherfuckers are getting their head blown off in the streets. People out there are spitting fucking bars. Right now, I have the guy's going to tell you all about it. Don Icon in the building. What's up? Yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? Uh, previously, before we got on there. everything, bro? No, nah, I'm good. But previously, we got on there, and we, I was like, yo, you know, we, we got this FM thing we can't curse. He's like, now nah, fuck that. He's like, you know what, fuck that. We're going to talk our fucking shit. Okay? Don yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Don Icon, last time you was on, you were telling me about this, uh, uh, the Hulam OG project. Um, and, and apparently, I guess your boy got out from jail, and, and now we have this project coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one track has already been released. It's called Out on Bail. Yeah. And uh, we have another track coming out now uh, called Top Tier. Yeah. And uh, this project is like, we want to take back the real hip hop, you know, where people actually don't go afraid to say what's on their fucking mind. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. everything is going great. Yeah. Now, now, early on when I spoke to you, I can't remember if, if the coronavirus had hit at that time. I mean, that was, it was a little while ago. Um but now COVID-19 has hit all across uh, America, Europe. I mean, now it's down South America. Where, where is Europe and your part of the, the world at with the whole COVID-19 situation? Yeah, we don't have quarantine here. Uh, Denmark and Norway, they locked their borders. Uh, I think Finland did so as well, mm-hmm. pretty fast, actually. Mm-hmm. So we, we, have, we had a lot of... A lot of contagious stuff in the beginning, like yeah. nursing homes yeah. and uh, at older care. So that was really bad. Like they should have had better hygiene, I think. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's pretty okay. Like I'm out all day. Uh, not many people are wearing masks, but uh, you got to think about the hygiene. You know, wash your hands, wash your hands. Yeah. So, yeah. Take your fingers in the face when you're outside. And yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and keep your hands to yourself and don't be touching everything. Uh, it, it's a very serious situation, especially here in America, because America got hit hard, particularly New York City. I mean, they just swept the whole fucking city um, up under there, and they, they, uh, you know, the whole city shut down now. So businesses are closed, everything's yeah. closed. Uh, but back to this music and back to these bars. So you're an advocate of real hip hop. Uh, where does that come from exactly? Like, you know, staying in the real hip hop lane, not feeling the pressure to do, you know, quote unquote trap music and auto tune records. Yeah, I actually grew up like uh, I went to boarding school. So I slept at the school all, all week. Yeah. And I actually listened to Tupac All Eyes on Me. From '97 to '99, I think, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, after that, I started listening to the Slim Shady, and uh, okay. after that, I was hooked. Man, I, I couldn't get out of hip hop. 
Yeah. I, I think all this new shit today, it kind of ruins the music, but uh, mm-hmm. like this shit with 6 9 you know? Yeah. That fucking track he made, you just want to make me want to puke. Yeah. Um, I mean, how will we deal with that in your part of the world? Because in America, it's like a lot of people are not fucking with him. So they're, they're not, but you do have a certain amount of people who kind of like they don't care or... Maybe they kind of trying to understand, especially like middle America. If you've never been in the streets, um, I guess there there's their you know array a, a of sympathy. But in Europe, I mean, I'm assuming that Europe is all across the board. Like, fuck this guy. Your thoughts? No, I, I think actually there's a lot of people here actually listening to me, especially here in Stockholm. Uh, people really? are always saying like, oh, he did the right thing. You should have ratted him out. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, not the people that I hang around with, but uh, like the normal people, the regular Swedish people, they they actually like him. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of seems a little weird. And I think that stigma comes from just people not being in the streets. So if you're a civilian and you're looking at it from the perspective of like, all right, well, they fucked these baby bombs. They robbed them. They did this and that and third. You know, I guess they think that they would do the same. But for us real hip-hop people, it's unacceptable. Now, you say you grew up listening to Tupac and then Eminem. Uh, what type of sound do we get from Don Icon and his new group? Are we getting the 90s bars? Are we getting this new sort of like slow hip-hop sound like Griselda? Where are we right now in the spectrum with the music? The the Hulu Moji album that is coming out is actually pretty hard. Um, we want to put ourselves on the map. You know, uh, I got a guy in the group. He's from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to him, uh, Proof Gambino. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be here today. Uh, he had to work. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I don't know really what to say. Like, um, my sound is... this. This sound that I have, like, on a few of the track, it's, like, with my alter ego, the Pale Horseman. That's, like, more of my battle rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I try, to, I try to focus a little bit on what I experience and what I have experienced. So the sound is pretty unique to me because I don't really care about everything, about pronunciations and stuff like that. My accent, people are whining about I'm not American. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about that. I just do the music, and people are gonna like it anyways. Yeah, I, I find it, you know, incredibly uh, interesting that you know now in 2020, it's kind of like we have like this new hip hop sound. Um, there's so many amazing artists. A bunch of guys are super spitting bars, um, and, and it's just an amazing thing to see um, from the European aspect. I, I know we spoke about it before. There are some guys that are doing trap. There's some guys that are doing boom bat. But generally speaking, where do you think the entire European movement is when it comes to hip hop? Because the consensus here in New York and just in America is like they're super lyrical over there. They're super just old school 90s. But is that true? Are they completely like that? Or do we have a mixture of the trap and the new style of music? No, we actually have a pretty solid mix here uh europe actually i think are more leaning forward to the trap music and the altitude shit mm-hmm. but um yeah there, there are still like real people here in uh, in uh, scandinavia i can speak for uh, i don't know about the other kind i know snow goons in germany they're like mm-hmm. legends so uh, i think it's the Depends on which part of the country you're in. Like here yeah. in Stockholm, right now the big fuss is auto tuning and just ruining the whole tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we have this this new project coming out. Um, the Hulum OGs. We have this one song. Uh, so we're having an album. We have an EP. Like, where are we going with this whole Dine Icon and, and your group? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, this uh, first album is just like we want to show that we're here. We want to put our names on the map a little bit more. We want to get more established. Uh, after this album, we are not going to do like a hardcore battle album like this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, our type of music is like, the whole idea with the Hoodlumojis is like, I'm a former gang member. The other guy is also a former gang member. So 
that's where we come from. And our goal is to try to maybe open the eyes of some people that are standing on the crossroad. They don't know which way to go in life yet, you know? So, so you, so you, you, you kind of talking really to the people in the middle, in a sense. Like, you're talking to the guys in the middle. Like, all right, you know, you're in the streets, you're in the gang, but you could do this music thing. So are we sending a positive message out, or are we still kind of like, you know, just spitting bars and just talking about things that were past tense? Uh, where are we exactly when it comes to the, the lyrical um, content of this? Yeah, this, this album is pretty rough. Like, there's a lot of drugs involved. There's a lot of... Bad womanizing, uh, but there is also a track on the album that is out there to give respect to women. Like there's no cussing in that in that track. Yeah. Um, there's no calling the ladies bitches and stuff like that because that's not what we are about. You know, uh, we want to help people, mm. but in the meantime, we are still who we are. The only way shit. we can help people is. Do it through our own experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned about like women um, and the way they perceived, in a sense, like calling them bitches. But it kind of seemed like, in a sense, like the new generation, they just really don't honestly give a fuck. They're 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 twerking. They're they're on their you know, um, down, <laughs> yeah, down, yeah. Down <laughs> men. They 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 use they're using men for trophies. I mean, is that in Europe as well? Like, are the girls like that as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Round of applause for the Ratchet Girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Don Icon on the line. Uh, Hulam OGs is the, is the new uh, group. We have this new record. All right, so let's debut this record right now here on the Infamous Hour. Uh, shout your social media. This is your second time on the show. So you know you'll be on iHeartRadio on Monday. Um, dope platform. So shout your social media if they want to follow you. Um, you know, tell the world about this new record. Yeah, okay. So everybody can follow me on Instagram, Don Icon Official. Uh, we also have the Hoodlumogis on Instagram, Real OG Records. Uh, it's me and Proof Gambino, Boss Life P on Instagram. And our album is called You Should Already Know Who the Fuck We Are. And the message is kind of like that in the whole album. But you're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. So. All right, that's super dope. And I'm the infamous album. This is the infamous album. Let's get into this new record right now by Dying Icon. It's going down here on Live 89 FM.